Welcome to the podcast. This is the Dance PT podcast, hosted by moi, Jenna Cantor, performer, hachikapow, and physical therapist. In our interviews, we will dive into all the things that can regularly help you. That's right. As a dance physical therapist with your patients. That's right. Please note that the purpose of this podcast is entertainment and is not here to replace any medical advice. That being said, we are all here to support each other, which leaves me at the most important message I want to leave you with. You are enough and never change yourself for anyone. That's right. You heard me. Be you, and that will enable you to help others the best way possible. Let's end with more scatting. That's right. Jenna out. Ah, we're back. Hello, hello. <laughs> Super excited to be here. Hello, everyone. Happy afternoon. Today, I think it's a Thursday during the uh, COVID adventure. I just watched the movie Outbreak as a nice little reminder of what we're going through. There was actually some, some uh, if anybody hasn't seen it uh, in a while or hasn't seen it, if you're in a calm state, I recommend it because you'll start going, we did those stupid things. Mm. That aha, aha, and then just seeing the behind the scenes franticity of trying to find a vaccine. Right. But anywho, Courtney, thank you for coming on. Everyone, this is Courtney Livingston. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we know each other from since last year, which is great. Yeah. Oh my God, isn't that wonderful? It's been a big year. It's been a big year. Yeah. It's been a year. It's been a year before our our year anniversary, even so, of meeting yeah. in person. Before it, this is happening. Yeah, it's true. We met before in person. Yeah, I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wanted to bring on Courtney for those who don't know her. Now you do. She is phenomenal regarding work with Latin dancers. For you specifically, it's, oh, I'm trying to remember from our podcast interview a year ago, Bachata and what was the other? Bachata, yeah. Bachata and Salsa. Mm -hmm. I think Bachata for me stands out a lot more because, um, it was, it's so less familiar. I'm just used to salsa, you know, that's yeah. it. So yeah. it's, it's a uh, two interesting styles. So those are the two main ones that you still are. Those are your like, main Latin styles that you're familiar with. Yeah. And a lot of the other styles that other dancers dabble in will be Zouk, Zumba, Afro-Cuban. So it's, it's definitely a pretty fluid um, community where people will learn a little bit of all different styles um, of dance. So I try to I try to know a little bit about all of them. Um, I could probably dance most of them socially. Um, if I had to, I wouldn't be that great at Zouk and Kizomba, but, um, but I could probably dance it if the music comes on, which is fun. I love it. I love that you even know the Zouk is the Zumba. I mean, it sounds almost like when I was first learning how to read Hebrew. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so I would love to just begin with uh, an overall of some main steps that are seen just so it's for people to get a basic understanding of salsa, bachata, if there are mm -hmm. some over um, steps that overlay, if you will, um, would you mind yeah. talking about those? Yeah, for sure. So 
I think one of the things that stand out, first of all, is just to remember that a lot of these dancers are in heels. So um, often salsa and bachata, the follows, not always a follow or a lead can be a male or female. Um, so we try to stay away from just, you know, generalizing that all followers are women or all leads are men, but often it's a partner dance um, where there is a lead and a follow. And so with that said, when you do a basic of a salsa or of a bachata, which is the same steps repeated over and over and over again, when you do that, um, they're often opposite your partner, right? So that you can stay together and, and dance together. So the basic steps, um, you'll learn a basic in bachata, which is more kind of side to side. It's a step, 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 tap, step, 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 tap. Wow. Where salsa is more forward and back. One, you know, it's either on one or two. I, I dance mostly on two. One, two, three, step, five, six. I and mean, your partner is doing the opposite of you. So oh. you move forward and back together. Or in bachata, more side to side. So to me, that's kind of the big differences. Obviously, they're dictated by the music. Um, so whatever music comes on is usually what then the dancers were like, oh, the, that's a bachata song. Okay, let me switch into my bachata dancing. And then, oh, that's a salsa song. You know, I prefer to dance also on one or I prefer to dance also on two. Check with the partner. Okay, let's go. So it's it's a little little quick decisions right when the song comes on, like, oh, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I how I enjoy dancing with this specific person. And, and then you go from there. I love that. I love that. And <laughs> what why for you specifically have you been drawn to those specific latin styles out of all of them so i well i was trained as a ballet dancer growing up um and i think i was first attracted to um sensual bachata is what it's called um where it's uh very like fluid and a lot of body rolls as i as i perform for you yes, yes. because of course what else do dances do yeah exactly exactly <laughs> Um, but lots of body rolls and, and kind of isolations of the rib cage and movement there, um, which I found that for some reason, maybe not the rib cage part, but a lot of that flow and letting the arm was very flowy and kind of from my ballet seemed to help a lot with that. So I think I was just better at bachata and so I enjoyed it. It's a little easier to pick up, I think, than salsa um, when you're new to partner dancing. That's the other thing. Um, and then as I've gotten more advanced, you start learning that there's traditional bachata, which is a lot of footwork. And um, mm. based, it's a Dominican, um, where it was originated in Dominican Republic. Um, so that's really when people think bachata, they think that kind of footwork, do, 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 which is not the central bachata, what I got into. So it's definitely when bachata is such a big term. And I think that I was really attracted to that one specific style and then kind of expanded from there as I learned more about just where the stance style came from. Absolutely. And then just to connect for my own brain, because I, I do come from the ballet world, that's yeah. and then Broadway dance. So yeah. when you're when people do ballroom dance, mm. bachata and salsa, are they amongst a bunch of different styles that can be performed? Is that is that a thing? I, I know I know we're not talking ballroom dance, but I'm just trying yeah. to create a line. Of no, I was very confused by actually all of that when I first started of like, okay, so where does ballroom even fit in this? Yeah. Hear yeah. about ballroom like Latin style of ballroom. Um so there's specific styles and and you know, honestly, I don't know the ballroom world as well as I should. Um, but from my understanding is that the, the ballroom is, I think of it as like the classical ballet to a, a lot of other styles of dance. Ballroom is like a very classical, it's a very specific regimented style for each style that you learn. So if you learn the mambo, 
it's a style of the Latin style that you would compete and perform in is that mambo style. And it's very regimented of how you hold your frame and how you step your foot. And, and all of that is super, super specific. And then when you go into more of the social side of dancing, which is what I got into, which is like, okay, this is just, we're having fun. There's definitely a framework for musicality um, and the basic steps. And then there's ways to kind of go to a higher level of dance. But I think at the basic, when you think of street salsa, you think of just like, oh, we're just moving and grooving, you know, like you just relaxed, it's chill. You know, there's not so many rules. Um, so I think ballroom is more of the ballet, the very rule regimented that you can get some amazing training in and then go anywhere after that. Yeah, it makes me think of that movie I think it was Vanessa Williams, where not strictly ballroom, which is also another great movie, but there's another one. Ah, I want to say it was called Simply Ballroom, but I feel like that's the wrong one. Uh, Dance with me, dance with me. Do you, did you ever see that movie? I don't know if I've seen that. I probably have, but oh my gosh, everyone! These are such good guilty pleasure type it. movies. Strictly Ballroom and Dance with Me, both of those go for it. I I know right now they for sure have Strictly Ballroom. I mean, this is so off topic because we're talking about Latin dance. So no, I love anyways. it. I just looked it up, so I'm gonna watch it after this. Oh my gosh, yeah, Strictly Ballroom. I swear needs to be a musical. Honestly, Dance with Me could be a musical as well. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 good. They're cheesy love story kind of stuff. It's it. it's great. With a little bit of dance in it. What more do you want? Oh, it's so great. It's so great. Okay. So we got some of the basic ideas of the steps. What are then common restrictions and limitations in Latin dancers' bodies that can it's injury prevention mindset. So that's where my yeah. brain's going right now. So what are what are those common limitations that you've seen in Latin dancers where they could use improvement? Generalizing. Yeah. So I think that one of the major things I've noticed is um, being able to, to find a neutral pelvis. So if you imagine, it's, and I'm thinking for a lot of my dancers who dance in heels, let's just say. So if you're thinking about heels and how it places you a little bit more forward on your mm -hmm. position, there's a lot of compensations up the chain, right? Yeah. So um, I often have to teach my dancers of finding neutral, even if they're in those heels. And often that comes from more bending your knees a little bit more. And I remember that being a huge transition for me from a ballet training background to a um, Latin dance background where you're supposed to have your knees bent at all times, pretty much. Whereas ballet, it's like, oh, show me the lines the whole time. Oh my gosh, that's so weird. Yeah, so that different. actually so is, that is a very new concept. You're seeing that basic step, I mean, I have black hands on, so you may not be able to see this very well, but those oh, no, knees, we can see. It's good. yeah, those knees are supposed to be um staying bent the whole time yeah not, like not extending to walk you know like that's maybe a little bit more ba uh, ballroom but when you're just street salsa you're bending so that your head can stay in one level even when my foot is doing so much so i should not be going up and down when i'm dancing so uh -huh. with that said that helps you to control then even if you're in um, in heels, if you keep those knees bent, that pelvis isn't going to be tilted forward. So right. if you bend those knees more, you can stabilize and find a neutral pelvis when you're moving those hips um, dancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's really, really helpful. I love that. And that's, yes. been, that's just been important for injury prevention because of that low back compression and pain that you see in a lot of dancers 
um, who aren't able to control their core and pelvis very well. Um, how's their uh, Achilles tendon length and uh, dorsiflexion mobility? Was where yeah. they with that? And does that really matter? You know, I've I've found it to be super person specific of just whether they already were um, predisposed to like a tight calf or short Achilles, like someone like me who's walked on my toes my whole life, um, already is predisposed to that, um, no matter how much I necessarily stretch it. And um, But it does mean that I can educate them if they are tighter, that, you know, maybe a, a weekly year yoga class to help compensate for those heels and for the way that you're in your you're dancing so much, be able to stretch out the whole posterior line, you know, nerve glides included, that neural tension that often develops as well. So Absolutely. yeah, I think it often happens to do more with the neural tension of what I've seen um, because of so much just tightness, that compression down that whole posterior chain that you see starting from that lumbar back. So yeah, yeah so I think that there's a little bit of both. Do you, this is just your own subjective experience. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had your muscle totally cramp up your, your calf muscles? Only like once, but not necessarily dancing. What they, were you doing? It was just like, uh, I was, I think it was after I had run a lot and then oh, interesting. It, was, it was more of a recovery. I just was like resting and it cramped up. But I find that my dancers have a lot of issues. A lot of my Latin dancers, I'm, I'm the physical therapist for my salsa team. Um, so I do a PT hour every week with them. And um, so I kind of get a sense of throughout the season, what are they dealing with? And and one of the things, there was a huge number of um, just recurrent ankle sprains. And that as we'd get more tired, so towards the end of a two hour rehearsal, they will have rolled their ankle again. And um, so I found that I had to be taping them for a long time. I was taping their ankles while we'd rehearse and then gave them a lot of exercises and things like that um, to try to prevent the, the ankle sprain. So ankle sprains has been a huge thing. Bunions have been a huge thing. It seems to be that um, the type of shoe that the dancers wear can make a big difference of whether it emphasizes kind of the pressure um, in the front of the toe versus more of a spread out pressure along the toes, right? So like that's pretty common if any kind of shoe, but ballroom shoes, I mean, whew, it's a tough position for the foot. You have to have really strong feet and calves and ankles. And I don't think dancers train their foot core enough. Yeah. Yeah. Would you mind going into some foot core exercises then? I'm going to so use that as a segue and some yeah. sweet balance way for you to take a step back to demonstrate. People always love seeing exercises. Sure. If you want to see some demonstrations. Um, I recently just gave this to um, some dancers was uh, the splaying exercise. So being able to spread your toes. Research has shown that's a really great way to activate a lot of toe muscles, uh, foot muscles, the yoga toes. Oh my gosh, you can do that. Yeah, I've taken a lot of practice. It takes practice. Don't yeah. get For those who are wondering if you just end up listening to him, what she's doing is she's lifting up her big toe, the hallux first, and then she's doing the, okay. um, the, all the other four and then toes split, separately. Yeah, yeah. these down mm -hmm. and lifting these. So it's being able to differentiate the movements. And when you're pressing down, it's also strengthening a little bit of some of the deep foot core and also that muscle that goes up the, the calf. Yeah. Um, otherwise, other ones I do are putting a ball, let me see, I have one over here, um, a ball between the ankles. This is one of my favorites for strengthening ankles um, and being able to go up and down with that. So this yeah. helps them to stay in line. 
um, with their ankles here. So if you're yep, especially um, if they have to wobble mm -hmm. rather than going up like this, right? Right. So being able to so that one's nice. But then I always talk to them about the goal of a single leg, right? Heel raise. I can't do it very well without holding on or something. Um, <laughs> and, and doing like a single leg heel raises and be able to do at least twenty five in a row. Talking to them about how that number is important um based on just the research of the that you know about the australian ballet and seems to if you're able to do 25 to 30 in a row that significantly decreases your risk of ankle foot injuries later in the season so it's just showing that there's a there's an endurance component too so a lot of people a lot of dancers are strong with some power and maybe a few reps but are they able to maintain that strength and stability um throughout the two, three, four, five hours of social dancing that they're asking their bodies to do. Yeah, especially if you're saying your heels are up the whole time, then that's definitely a thing. Yeah. And I could see as if they start to come down more and more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that, but that would make sense because for me in the ballet world, we're addressing that sickling of the foot mm -hmm. right away. But if you're going into Latin dance styles, they may not necessarily have that background to even think like that. So that, it's just. Yeah. That's been, I think my biggest like aha moment was that so many of these dancers did not come from any formal training. Yeah. That's one of the hardest transitions when I'm actually working with some of these like social Latin dancers, not ballroom because the ballroom dancers get it. Like they've yeah. been holding their feet from the beginning. But that's been so interesting working with kind of general all ages in Latin dance. Some of these people start in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Oh yeah, I'll just pick up salsa now, you know? And then they get hooked and they just start dancing like crazy, but they don't have a lot of that foundation um, that we have to teach them. So I think that's a big takeaway. If anybody listening here is a PT, like I wouldn't automatically assume that these dancers have any kind of formal training. Yeah. Yeah. So that way they wouldn't know. They wouldn't things that we would automatically think with that dance background may not be coming up being, yeah, being like yeah. through your feet. Yeah. And need the need to strengthen your feet and warm up your feet and all these things that like a ballet takes 30 minute bar to just warm up your, your feet and your, you know, lower extremities and everything. So. It's so interesting. Yeah. Cause if I was going to talk about musical theater people, the people who are dancing, they have had the dance training, even though they are dancing in heels mm. or even if they are dancing in heels and say, Oh gosh, get on your feet. They have dance training. So they know they have that awareness yeah. already with the look and appearance of things for and, sure. And so, sometimes I get pushback saying, well, I dance for so many hours. Why don't my feet get stronger? In that way, which is a good argument. Like, well, why why doesn't just dancing in heels strengthen my feet? Which for sure does. Like, you definitely you can't substitute training in heels. You have to train in heels if you're going to perform in heels. If you're going to do, you know. But there, I think supplementing that with extra exercises um, allows your body to be ready beyond just that basic training that you're doing, just like in any style of dance that you need to train. I, I mean, I always go back to the six pack. I go, you can work really hard to get the six pack. Okay, great. So you have this strong core. Then you start dancing for six hours a day. Do you think you're necessarily going to keep that six pack? No, <laughs> because there's certain training that goes with that. Mm. So, so it, it, I think I always go back to that. I'm like, you yeah. have to sometimes just really, really focus on a certain thing in order right. to obtain. I mean, that sounds like more of an appearance thing, but also there's a lot of strength that goes on for oh, you to get yeah. a six pack. That six pack is representing oh. something huge. Totally. <laughs> Yeah. Anywho's, what's 
what are the usual schedules for these social Latin dancers? What are, what are the yeah. typical hours that they, they dance? Yeah, I think this is another unique aspect of this type of community is um, it's, a, it's a wide range of ages, first of all, and in a wide range of socioeconomic status. And I mentioned that because um, a lot of these dancers, it's a hobby to them. And so they are working full-time jobs, often desk jobs during the day, and oh. then go sitting all day. And I just said that. I just like sat up when you're like, like, like pause. Yeah, who would yes, do that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. I'm like, oh, I sit a lot too. And, um, and then they ask their body to dance for um, three hours. They go to the social Wednesday night salsa club. That's every Wednesday night, you know, and they look forward to it. That's their that's their release after work, right? But it yeah. doesn't mean that then they have time to go to the gym in the morning because that goes till midnight, and then they got to go to sleep and start work the next day at seven or eight in the morning, whatever their schedule is. So it's not like they are used to necessarily fitting strength training, yoga, Pilates, other types of cross training that's necessary to allow your body to be able to go all out for three, two or three hours after sitting all day. So that's a big conversation I have to have with my dancers like you just can't ask your body to do that. and then it gets worse so then let's say they've been sitting all week and they're like okay I really got to get this work done because I have a big dance festival coming this weekend I'm going to drive two hours to Vermont for a dance festival let's say or I'm going to get on a plane and go down to Miami for a dance festival for a weekend let's say so I'm going to work all week because I got to get ahead I don't want to get behind and then I go to Miami and then I dance literally don't sleep barely have time to eat drinking alcohol most sometimes and Drink and dancing for till like five in the morning oh, for wow. Friday so night, Friday sure. night, Sunday night. And then they go back and they're destroyed. Like their bodies are destroyed. So I've heard this, I've seen this so much where um, I have to have conversations again. Like, what is the goal of this? Like, do you want to be in this much pain every time you go to a festival? And like, first of all, it's just educating them. They don't have to be like, you know, that yes, you will be more sore because you're dancing more than normal, but you can recover in a day or two and just with some soreness. It's not, it's not super, it doesn't have to be so painful every time or injured every time. Yeah. So that's where we, it's a lot of education because again, they're not trained in this idea of training up for something um, and getting their body prepared mentally and physically prepared for something that they're asking a very high level of physical demand. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. I definitely get that. Yeah, it's uh, it's an unfortunate uh, uh, cycle that's hard to break if that's what their lives and their habits are. So it's all we can do yeah. in that case is just share our insight and right. And, you just and, and I yeah. guess it's similar to our physical therapist's um, common concern of like a weekend warrior. It's a similar, oh, yeah. it's a very similar idea to just what we talk to a lot of our patients. Like you can't just go bike you know, 40 miles, 100 miles on the weekends only, like you have to do something else during the week. So I think that there's a lot of parallels. It's just asking the dancer, like if you're a physical therapist that doesn't normally work with dancers, like like you're asking me, just, you know, what what does your schedule actually look like? You know, and what else are you doing to supplement and to train for, um, to be able to do that? So I think it's asking kind of the right questions. Like what is your dance schedule? Yeah. And, and do you feel you know, essentially what is your cross training schedule, but asking in a way where it's like not, not judging. You know. Well, uh, what is the name of your, your dance team? So people can look up if you guys yeah. have YouTube or any of those fun yeah. videos. So Lord knows we got time. 
Yeah, I, it's led by Michelle Garcia, who's our director, and um, it's called Volante, and it's an all-women's salsa team, so we actually do a little bit of leading and following. Oh, no wonder you're saying leading, following, we don't yeah. have to matter. I get that. Matter. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it's really cool, and uh, we this is only the second season, so I wasn't on the first season, I'm on the second season, and we had literally our debut was the weekend that they shut everything down so there's not a video of our this season yeah it was literally if it had been one weekend earlier we would have been fine um but we had already been booked for at least um 10 festivals around the country and wow. we had just been booked for a festival in berlin in october where we we're going to be oh performing gosh. there um so it's a really serious semi-professional team but um so it's really fun and I'm their physical therapist for the team. So that's my, my like contribution to that, but I also get to dance. So it's, it's, it's great. The best ever. I love that. That makes me so happy. Yeah. What, what, what advice do you have to give in general to anybody who works and suddenly starts working with a Latin dancer? Like what's big mm -hmm. picture things to approach this dancer with? I mean, we've gotten some general understandings, but mm -hmm. are there other things that you're like, do this or watch out for this kind of thing? Would love to hear those kind of tips. Yeah. I think that the main tip um, for the physical therapists who are working with these dancers is to ask the dancer what style of Latin dance. Don't just assume that like, if they say they're a Latin dancer, that that's all encompassing. It's not the same as saying that they're a ballet dancer. Ballet, you can have some predisposed like understanding. Latin dancing is just, it's so diverse of what these different styles ask the body to do. Um, for example, bachata, the central bachata is telling you like huge, really low back bends. It's a lot of them have a lot of this back pain versus Kizomba is very small movements. Dun, 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 like step, step, step. You know, it's super small, very close connected with your partner. It's not as big. So they might have more, more like foot ankle, um, maybe more postural pain, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So I would ask them what style and then look it up, YouTube it. Like it's really not that hard to see, you'll start seeing the patterns, especially if you're a dance in general physical therapist, like we're talking to, like if you're in a general dancer, you'll pick it up so fast. Like, oh, okay, this is the, these are the moves that are often repeated in this style. So, so I would um, ask the dancer what style of dance they of latin dance they do um ask them their shoe wear and to bring in the shoe wear which is obvious for us dance dance physical therapists i think but understanding that even those styles some a lot of people dance even in flats so don't assume that they dance in heels yeah sometimes the flats can be a problem too right so sometimes heels can actually feel more comfortable for people um depending on like you're saying that achilles length and some of that so i think it's important not to assume that one's better than the other to be dancing heels or to be dancing flats or what they or that they do or don't or that they lead or follow you don't ever don't assume that they're a leader or follow just because of their gender I think that's a big mistake that people make all the time mm -hmm. I lead and follow I lead bachata as well so um not the best but I can um, <laughs> like I got this <laughs> yeah, okay to be honest <laughs> so ask what style um look it up on YouTube uh, ask what shoe wear they do ask what type of flooring they dance on um that's a big issue. And then ask like their choreography can be a big part of it. I have a lot of, I had a lot of hip flexor tendonitis because of a specific move that these dancers had to do over and over again and work with the dancer to, to figure out like, why is that move causing so much pain and issues? So, but I think that's again, just a general PT. I think our physical therapists would do that anyways, but um, I would like not underestimate sometimes the moves can seem a lot more advanced than maybe that dancer is at in your head. 
Yeah. That's what I've been noticing. Like when dancers are on teams and they've been dancing for two or three years, but they're not formally trained, they move up on these teams and they're asked to do all these lifts and flips and things like that, that like seem way above their level of like strength, like core strength and all these things, but they're asked to do it anyways. And it looks cool for the team and they want to do it. So I've noticed it's just such, it's so different world than you know, ballet world where it's like, everyone's really clear about where their level's at. I think, I think that ballet dancers like are very aware of like their level and, and how good they are and maybe where, I don't know. I just have found that, that because ballet is so structured, you can kind of quickly be like, oh, I can do that or I can't versus in sometimes in Latin dance, the social time dancers just say, yeah, okay, I'll try that. Like I'm on the team. I'm supposed to do this. Like, cool. Like, oh, yeah. I'll do this cartwheel move into my partner like yeah or like yeah and with the guy with the with the leads like i'll catch this you know 200 pound girl like supposed to catch her like this or or follow sorry yeah um, so yeah i just think that like also don't be surprised that some of the moves can be very advanced and you're gonna have to just work with the dancer just like help them get through it give them what they need to strengthen um because they're gonna do it they're gonna do it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're gonna go for it. They're still gonna go to these festivals and dance for five hours. Don't tell them not to. Just like work with them, and then talk talk to them about eating enough and sleeping enough while they're there. Like talk about the other aspects of injury, right? That could be playing into this. Why every time they go and they sleep two hours every night and they're so sore. Like maybe they're that's part of it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of these conversations. Like, huh? I wonder. <laughs> How do I say this in a nice way? It's also to give them that ownership of like, you can make a difference and yeah. then now it's up to you, you know? Exactly. Like, yeah. Know. yeah and, and give them, yeah, exactly. Give them examples and, and, and try to connect the dots for them. I, I find us as a way, like part of our role is like a lot of them know this, like, oh yeah, I'm, I should be sleeping more, but like connect yeah. the dots of like, oh, this sleep directly relates to injury prevention, yeah. right? Like that's where I think they miss it or eating directly relates to injury prevention not indirect, kind of indirectly, but like in our head, you know, connect it. So it's more of a direct connection for them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. This is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. I love this. I think this is such a good, like beginning intro. I I don't expect anyone to be an, an expert working with Latin dancers, but just a little bit of exposure and understanding. And I think you really gave that here and also relating it to the ballroom as being the classical form, kind of how ballet is for a lot of Very people. Much so. Where I think is is a big, uh, my biggest aha moment in this of, oh, got it, got it. Yeah, that so, helped me reframe the difference of like, okay, that's what another question. Are you a social dancer or are you a ballroom? ballroom. Yeah. Differences. So like, I think it's good to know the difference of, of who you're working with. And also from talking to you, though, this wasn't our focus. If you're ballroom, what styles are you doing? Yes. You know, so many, so many things. So many exciting things. So for everybody's homework, you have to see the movie Dance With Me and Strictly Ballroom, totally mm-hmm. scientific based and, and, and good for the soul. And look, <laughs> up, look up Volante's first season. They're oh, Volante's first season. Yes. They're awesome. It's all women. Uh, it's really cool. So I hopefully will be up there. 
in a few months. We'll see what happens. I love it. And where can people find you on social media? What's your, your yeah. handle on, on Instagram, Facebook? Mm -hmm. Mainly um, my Instagram is Latin dance physio. So easy to remember. Um, and I'm working on a website right now. And um, so that's coming along, but Facebook Courtney Livingston, um, you can find me. I have Latin dance physio, Dr. Courtney Livingston as my page, but I think uh, Instagram would be the best way to reach me. Perfect. Thank you for Thank coming you. on. Have a good day, everybody. Good to see you.